The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out ahead of him in pairs to all the towns and places he himself was to visit. He said to them, The harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. Start off now, but remember, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Carry no purse, no haversack, no sandals, salute no one on the road. Whatever house you go into, let your first words be, peace to this house. And if a man of peace lives there, your peace will go and rest on him. If not, it will come back to you. Stay in the same house, taking what food and drink they offer, they have to offer, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. Whenever you go into a town where they make you welcome, eat what is set before you. Cure those in it who are sick and say, The kingdom of God is very near to you. The Gospel of the Lord. So as we celebrate in a particular way today the proclamation of the gospel and its reception in this land, uh, we have a very beautiful gospel scene where it's the Lord now sending out his disciples as he is, as any good teacher, right? There's always a time uh, in teaching and in instruction uh, where it's theoretical, uh, but any good teacher gives a moment where it becomes practical, where the students can actually go out and test it under the, um, the close watch of the teacher. And so what the Lord does here with his 72 disciples after having taken them to himself for a while, having preached in their midst and in their presence, having worked miracles, having given them the example of his own life, he now sends them out ahead of his, as it says in the Greek, ahead of his face, in front of his face. So it's wherever he wants to bring his face, the beautiful face of the incarnate God. Uh, The Lord sends out his disciples to preach the word, to prepare souls, to receive his face, meaning also to receive his presence. That word in the Greek, it means presence, face, all of those things. And so uh, we know this to be a truth as well and as to why it's important. If we're out walking on the street and we simply bump into someone, it means nothing to us if we know nothing about the person. But if we know or have some knowledge of someone and yet we've never met them, As soon as we do meet them, the meeting is different because we have a knowledge which precedes the meeting, which means it makes meeting them or receiving their presence more meaningful. I remember when we were at school, we used to have a thing. This was, I suppose I'm dating myself a little bit. We used to have this thing which was called pen pals, right? Pen pals. You used to be able to write to students in another country. I can see some people smiling. They know what pen pals are. As you used to be able to write to students in another country, Um, And you would never meet the student normally, but you would come to know them through an exchange of handwritten letters which used to take ages to get there and back. 
uh, but slowly you would increase in your knowledge of this person, even though you've never met them. And yet sometimes uh, what would happen later on then in life is you might actually, when you're traveling, have the opportunity to meet these people that you've come to know through an exchange of letters. And then when you meet them, if you've ever had the privilege, it's you meeting someone that you know. And so even though you've never had the joy of their presence, their presence then becomes a particular joy because it's preceded by this knowledge of a person that then at that first encounter of presence, all of a sudden it changes that encounter. You really enjoy their presence. You embrace someone whom you know. And so that principle is the same with regards to the gospel. The Lord sends out his disciples, if you will, in a certain sense, these kind of, uh, those exchanging his words with other souls, bringing them the great news and the good news of the gospel so that the words about Christ might prepare souls to rejoice when he makes himself present or when he shows his face, when his face is present to them. And there is always a particular joy in the face of the persons that we love, right? And so as the Lord brings his face to these places, uh, it is so that they might rejoice in his presence. But in his mercy, he sends out his word through the mediation of his disciples into these places so that they might receive him with joy when he arrives. And so he says to them, the harvest is rich, but the laborers are few, meaning that there are few that are actually willing to do this work. Bring the proclamation of the gospel in a way that is authentic. Sometimes the gospel can be preached, especially nowadays we see it, but if it is not matched by a conformity of life in terms of the one preaching it, it is undermined even at its beginning. And so what the Lord does is he says, he sends them out first two by two. And as we've said from the church fathers, that means the principle of charity. They have to show by the example of their love for one another the authenticity of the gospel message that they bring. So they go out in two by twos, in these pairs, so that the first proclamation of, love, of the gospel is the love that exists between those who are bringing the gospel message. And then he says, start off now. Remember, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves, showing that the confidence or the peace that anyone who brings the gospel has is always in the power of the one who sends. That is our sole source of peace. It is in the one who sends us. So he says, remember, I am sending you. I am sending you. The point of your departure is Christ himself. The point of all of our departure for the proclamation of the gospel is the Lord himself. I am sending you out. But then he also, like any good teacher, he tells them about the difficulties that they will encounter. I send you out like lambs among wolves. Now these are two animals that are completely opposed one to the other, but the one more so than the other. So the wolf is full of hatred, anger. It represents everything that the Lord is sending his disciples out into the midst of, but he doesn't send them out as wolves to meet the wolves. I think sometimes that can be uh, what unfortunately happens with the proclamation of the gospel today and with apologetics. Sometimes we have wonderful Catholic apologists. They know everything about the faith, but they deliver it like wolves. They deliver it full of hatred, anger, all of the ways in which the Lord is not calling them to proclaim the gospel. We are to go out like lambs 
in the midst of wolves. We bring peace where there is hatred. We bring love where there is anger. We bring all of the good gifts of God where all of them are lacking. And so we remember that it is the Lamb of God who sends us, and so we go out as lambs. We go out, it is the same thing to say, we go out like Christ himself. And so the one who sends us is our model for our behavior, not the ones whom we encounter. And so then he says, carry nothing with you. So as we've said before, he strips them of everything earthly so that their confidence is in the gift that they bring, which is the word of God. That is their confidence, not in any earthly thing, but in the gift that they bring. He says, whatever house you enter into, let your first words be peace to this house. I always thought that was not strange, but interesting. Why is that the first thing that should be said? So I did a bit of research. I found that St. John Chrysostom has an interesting commentary on this line. He says, it's because peace is the mother of all of the good gifts of God. And so the reason he says that is he says that because if we have a gift from God, but we don't have peace in our interior, we're not able to enjoy that gift. And so without peace, no good thing can be enjoyed. So that's why peace is the first thing communicated. So the Lord shows that the, the, one of the greatest fruits of the gospel when it is proclaimed into a soul is it brings peace. It brings that capacity to be able to enjoy any good thing. And so it is a great gift that comes through the proclamation of the word, peace to the soul. And he says, if a man of peace, or what it says in the Greek, if a son of peace, meaning literally someone who is born of peace, someone who is, has peace as their root, which means that they desire to live in God, the one who is peace himself. If a man of peace or a son of peace lives there, that peace will rest on him, almost like this overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. If not, it will come back. And so the Lord then gives all these instructions also for how they are to behave in the presence of the people to whom they bring the word, showing that their life is also the first proclamation of the gospel, the fact that they live all of these principles and that they trust in and have faith in the one who sends them, and we are all called to the same. Then those who receive the words of the kingdom, then the Lord says, cure those who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God is very near to you. Or as it says in other translations, the kingdom of God is at hand. And that shows the mystery of our free will, which is that the Lord brings the kingdom of God close to us, but we have to stretch out our hand to receive it. So there is this mystery of our free will. He will not impose his kingdom upon us, but he offers it to us. And so it is for us, after we have received the words of the kingdom, to extend our hands to receive the kingdom, to take it to ourselves. And we do that when we take the king himself to ourselves. When we take the king himself to ourselves, then the kingdom is within us. When we take his grace to ourselves in the sacraments, his kingdom is within us. When we take his love and charity into ourselves, his kingdom is within us. When we receive the king in holy communion, then most truly the kingdom of God is within us. Amen.